The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of November. The year is 2022, so glad you can be with us. As always, check us out at osafoundation.org. You can contact the show via email with the address podcast at osafoundation.org. On social media, we're at facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Don't forget about our YouTube page, our apparel store, and the book on Amazon. As you may remember from our last episode, uh, I'm taping two in one day because I'm going to be on vacation. I'm a little under the weather, but uh, so I apologize for the timbre of my voice. But uh, here we are. So uh, don't worry. By, this, by the time this episode is, is being released, I'm probably doing a lot better. I'm probably getting back from vacation at this point. So thanks for all the warm wishes and the, and the good thoughts and whatnot. Um, you know, something I wanted to quickly discuss you know, at this point, the uh, the World Series is over, and obviously, since I'm pre-recording this, I have no idea who won the World Series at this point. Um, but I wanted to talk about something real quick that kind of came up as I was watching. I think it was either the first or second game of the World Series. I was having a conversation, and I was asked, "You know, are the Astros still cheating?" And empirically speaking, I was like, "Well." I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't have any evidence to suggest that they are. Um, and if you look at the first two games of the World Series, so in you know we had a classic in Game One, which was which was a great game, and then in Game Two, Zach Wheeler goes out, and within four pitches, we've got three doubles. You know, so it was like, do they know what's coming? And the reason that that kind of struck a chord with me was because. I wanted to explore why psychologically I was like, huh, that's interesting. Did they know what's coming? So I wanted to explore that from the standpoint of sportsmanship. And I wanted to I wanted to kind of go into it in a little bit of an empathetic way to kind of ask ask some questions to see what, you know, what what's right, what's wrong, what's acceptable, what's not, what's valid, what's invalid, all that good stuff. You know, and, and I think the, the the general gist of all of this is to understand empathy from the perspective of those who were wronged by what the Astros did. You know, if you're unfamiliar, the Astros won the World Series in 2017, and then it was later revealed that they were stealing signs and that's how that gave them an illegal and unfair advantage to win that World Series. Now, we can dissect that all we want about, you know, did it help them? Did, you know, did, did it, uh, 
truly impact the outcome of games because the Astros did not have home field advantage in the World Series that year. Like, there's a lot of different stuff that can be examined with that. That's kind of not where, where we're going right now. All you need to know is that there was a cheating scandal. The Astros were fined. They were punished, etc. People lost jobs. People were suspended. And now, you know, there are still people who hold grudges. Is it right to hold grudges? Well, maybe outwardly no. But what's going on in the psyche of people when that kind of stuff happens? And do we have the ability to take a step back and say, huh, wonder why that person feels that way? Because I kind of wondered that about myself. I was like, okay, yeah, I, I'm not an Astros fan, okay? I'm, I'm just not. You know, when I, I'm a Yankees fan, and when I look at what the Astros have done to the Yankees since 2015, I'm like, oh, my God. I, it just, it just ugh, drives me nuts. Kind of reminds me, you know, or allows me to put the shoe on the other foot of what the Yankees were doing to the Red Sox in the late 90s with the dynasty that the Yankees had. You know, how many times did the Red Sox make it to the ALCS only to be knocked out by the Yanks? And then, of course, the Red Sox had their way in 2004, and the, the script has flipped. So maybe there's kind of some hope for the Yankees in that the Astros are having their way with the Yankees, so the Yankees will eventually have their way back. But that's just, you know, foreshadowing that may or may not even come to pass. I think that it's certainly a normal human reaction to ask fans if they're still upset at the Astros and to hear the answer of, well, yeah. One of the things to which I continue to point is the fact that there are members on the Astros who are still involved with that. If Let's just say for argument's sake that the Astros had completely cleared house and anyone who was in the organization in 2017 was shipped away. Well, now you have a different story, but you still have guys who were the faces of that scandal. You know, I look specifically to Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman. Those guys were, you know... I don't know how else to say it. They were cheaters. So, and 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 their their acts of contrition were not that great, especially when you consider the fact that immediately after all this stuff was was happening, we had a pandemic. So they didn't even have a chance to go through it, you know, everything that way. And for the record, uh, I'm not sure. I have to go back and double-check this, but I'm not sure if there are that many members of the Houston Astros, other than their manager and coaching staff, that have attended All-Star Games since then. I think they're afraid a little bit. I think. Yeah. But that's again, that's my opinion. It is my opinion. It's important to note that. It's always important to note when it's an op-ed comment and when I'm trying to report fact. So, is it right for me to assume that when the Astros, you know, get out to a big lead in such a manner that they did, that they're cheating? 
I think the I think the the thing to remember here is that when we are hurt, regardless of whether it's in sports or not, an imprint is made on our psyche. We remember these things. I mean, that's just how psych- a psychology works. Is that you know if you if you touch the stove when it's hot, you feel pain. And then you're like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. So if the conditions are right where you see the hot stove, you've learned don't touch the stove. So in the in the case of the Astros, although it's not as empirical, the psyche of a Yankees fan is going to say they cheated. And... Now they're in a situation where they're continuing to win. Could they still be cheating? I'm just, all I'm saying, I'm not trying to accuse the Astros of cheating. I'm, I'm not, because I don't have any evidence. I don't. So it would be completely wrong of me to do that. What I'm trying to say instead is when you have the emotions that kind of align with that, I would rather someone vulnerably express those feelings than to suppress them or to let them come out in an inappropriate way. I think of the Yankee fans who heckle the Astros, you know, and I think to myself, I don't think I would heckle the Astros, but I understand exactly why you are feeling what you are feeling and why you feel the need to express it the way that you do. And it's something for all of us to consider because there's a difference between feeling something and then acting on that something. You're allowed to feel hurt. You're allowed to feel frustrated, offended, aggravated, whatever. You're allowed to feel all those things, whether it's in competition or not. The question is, how do you respond to it? You're allowed to disagree with the call of an umpire. The question is, are you going to turn around and berate that umpire? Are you going to just walk away and shake your head? Are you going to turn to the umpire and politely ask for an explanation? Two of those three examples that I just gave would be appropriate. The one that's not would be the berating of the umpire. That's the whole point here is to say you're allowed to feel what you're allowed to well, you're allowed to feel what you feel. The question is how do you respond to those feelings? And as a Yankees fan, one thing that I've learned is to say, you know what? I think I understand why I feel the way that I do towards the Houston Astros, especially when their roster, their their franchise contains people and personnel who were still involved with that scandal. Whether I act on that, whether I decide to subscribe to the belief that they must still be cheating, that's a different story. And I have to be careful with that. But at least I have the the self-empathy and the self-care to say, I understand why I'm feeling that way. And I hope other people do too. Someone asked me, when do you think you'll forgive the Astros? And I said, well, that's it's going to be different for different people. You know, there are a lot of media pundits who say, it's behind them, we move on. 
And the best guess that I could come up with, when those cats on the team aren't on the team anymore. When Altuve and Bregman and anyone else are no longer wearing that uniform. That's, I think, when you start to look the other way. I think it's something to consider. And I'm not saying that to be mean or to hold a grudge. I'm saying that with, a, with an, an estimation, a hypothesis of when perhaps my intangible feelings might change. And I wonder how many of you feel that way too. I think it's a real thing to consider, especially in terms of sportsmanship. Because remember, sportsmanship also has to deal with compassion, sympathy, empathy. You have to have the ability to examine your, yourself, to be able to, to be vulnerable yourself, to be able to hear what another person is saying so long as they're not attacking you. Those are all very important things. What do you think? Get in touch with the show. Podcast at osifoundation.org. Maybe we'll talk about it. Well, thanks again for sitting down with me today. I apologize that I had to pre-tape this episode. Uh, I, am, I am spending some time with family out on, uh, in a different time zone. Don't worry, my house was, uh, was not vacant, so you couldn't rob anything. Not that I have anything that you want to take anyway here. Unless you want, you know, this, this nice picture of my niece, who's two and a half. That's, I don't know if that has value to somebody. Um, but uh, by the time this episode's come back, or comes out, I'm home again. So it's more about just preparation. Thanks again to everybody. Uh, once again, osafoundation.org. Podcast at osafoundation.org. Facebook.com slash osafoundation. Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation. Hashtag how you play the game. YouTube channel. Bonfire has apparel. Book on Amazon. Next time we talk, I believe Thanksgiving will be behind us, so I hope you and yours have a fantastic Thanksgiving. I, ho- I hope that you take the chance to be sportsmanlike, sportsmanlike and, and to appreciate everything that you do have, and I hope you do that every day. So until we speak again, when I can't believe it'll be December and I'll have to rethink my entire life, treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.